0: So when Jesus has this argument, he looks at the disciples, and I think he all, I, if I could read into Jesus' mind for a moment, I can almost imagine him saying, really, guys, this is what you're fighting about. Who is the greatest among the disciples, right? But then Jesus honestly, in Scripture, tells us who he thinks is the greatest. Now, when we talk about being the greatest, there are many categories here to what makes someone great. What makes a person great? You know, we find in Matthew chapter 11, we're going to talk about John the Baptist. John the Baptist gives us a very clear picture of who Jesus thinks is one of the greatest servants that ever walked the face of the earth. And so what we find this, we look at the greatest servant, the greater servant, if you will. Today we're going to look at this idea of who John the Baptist is. You know, oftentimes in scripture when I read a story, I begin to think about it. I, I think back about all the sermons that I have spent myself or heard or given myself in. It's not too often that you hear a sermon on John the Baptist. Every once in a while you hear him mentioned, but just to specialize him and, and talk about his life. There's not a lot of uh, credits that John the Baptist gets. But John the Baptist is an amazing <coughs> servant to Jesus. Someone who Jesus calls the greatest. And so when we see that, when we see this idea of what Jesus says, we have to pay special attention to that, right? I mean, I think all of us in this room, or hopefully all of us in this room, would want to live a life that Jesus would consider to be a great life. I mean, that should be our goal as, as people, as followers of Christ. If you're here today you know who Jesus Christ is. And you're living your life for him, then it should be a goal for you to live your life so that Jesus would look down and say, Well done, good and faithful servant. That's scriptural. That's what scripture tells us to do. But we have to look at what causes Jesus to call John the Baptist great. John the Baptist is interesting because he came from a family of notoriety. Zacharias, of course, was his mother, or he his mother, yeah. Let's look at Zachariah was his father and Elizabeth was his mother. And we find that in this time of, you know, in the early days of Jesus' birth, we find that John the Baptist is jumping in the womb of Elizabeth when Mary comes to visit. We find this amazing, uh, we find this amazing interaction that even in the womb, John the Baptist realized that Jesus was close. Now, I don't want to get too political, but that alone should cause you wonder when you start thinking about the idea of um, abortion today, that babies have feelings, they can recognize things, they can recognize what's going on. And So, in this idea, though, we have to understand that John the Baptist, even at their earliest days, was there. Now, we find also that John the Baptist is roughly about six months older than Jesus. That's what theologians believe. They believe that somewhere when Mary uh, approached Elizabeth, they were about six months apart, so John the Baptist was obviously getting ready to be born when when Mary came to visit Elizabeth. But if you look at the family line, because a lot of when we look at, when you think of someone great, you can think of like, you know, we think of kings and queens and we think of, uh, we think of Presidents and those sense of what kind of family line did they come from? Do they have good heritage? No types of things. Like, all of those things work into what's going on for an important person. We find that John the Baptist, the son of Zechariah, Zachariah was a Levite priest. What that means is that he is a he is special, he is, he is called and he's able to walk into the holy of holies of the temple before Jesus. Uh, died on the cross, the veil was up, and the only place that the presence of God was felt was in the Holy of Holies. That's the place that when priests would walk into that place, only sinless priests could walk into that place. Because if they had sin upon themselves and they walked into that place, they would be struck down and killed. That's what they'd have to be pulled out So we find John the Baptist's father is a priest of well-known stature. He's a good man, he's a good guy. We also see that Elizabeth, also her family line in genealogy, is also a good genealogy or a good line, coming from both the mother and the father. John the Baptist easily could have been a leader in politics, could have been easily a leader in the church. He easily could have been in business and uh, done any numerous amount of things. In fact, we find that he is actually the son-in-law of the king at the time, or I'm sorry, the uh, the cousin of the king uh, that was in the time of Jesus' birth, period. John gave everything he had for his faith, though, instead. When we talk about the greater servant, when we talk about this idea of servanthood, we find that we have to understand all of these things about John, because John had choices to make. Just like you, when you're I was, uh, Ethan, I was giving Ethan a little bit of a hard time today because we walked in into the Dolphins uh, shirt and and jacket. I told him, I said, uh, you know, that's a brave choice of clothing on today's date, but uh, what's going on later? uh, For those that don't know, the Browns are playing the Miami Dolphins uh, today, and so that was a brave choice. But listen, every one of us has a choice to make, not only in the clothing or the poor decisions we make in clothing. Uh, but we also. Just kidding. We love it, so. Uh, yeah. At the end of the day, one of us is going to say scoreboard, and that's all that's going to matter, right? <laughs> so. But we all have choices to make. Do we want to be in the business world? Do we want to be a Police officer? Do we want to be a fireman? Do we, you know, as a child, I think we all had dreams of becoming firemen or, uh, or police officers or those types of things. And some of us had dreams of being other things. Some of us still have dreams of being a certain person or position. Those are choices we make. So we're not unlike John the Baptist. John the Baptist had choices to make in his life. He could have been anything. Yet, from the very time that he was in the womb of Elizabeth, he's obviously been called out by Jesus and by God himself. We're going to dive more into John the Baptist's life today and why Jesus calls him great and what that means for you and I today. Because there is a connection there. When we find out what Jesus calls great, we can, too, obtain some of that if we try to be like what Jesus calls us to be. So before we read Matthew chapter 11, verses 1 through 11, let's pause and pray and ask the Lord to be with us. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for all that you have done in our lives. We thank you for John the Baptist and all of those that have come to serve you, Father, to be a proclaiming you out of the wilderness, Father, to cry out how wonderful you are. Lord Jesus, we ask you today that you help us <laughs> be just, a, just a, 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 a little bit like John the Baptist, Father. Maybe even more, Lord Jesus. Whatever you have for us, we want to proclaim your goodness like John the Baptist did, Father. But help us to learn what makes John the Baptist great, Father. Why you call him great. But then also why and how you show us to be greater as So, Lord, we thank you for all that you're doing. We thank you for all that you have done. We ask you that you just open our minds and our hearts and our ears today to hear from you, to know what you would want to say to us today about this scripture and about this topic. We ask you that you just lead us and guide us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Matthew chapter 11, starting in verse 1. When Jesus had finished instructing his 12 disciples, he went on from there to teach and preach in their cities. By the way, uh, side note for a moment, if you ever want to do a really interesting Bible study, take chapter 10 of Matthew in the life of who John the Baptist is. Chapter 10 talks about the cost of being a disciple, and then read the discipleship of John the Baptist. It's a a wonderful study, Uh, and maybe someday we'll do it. But uh, just remember, so when Jesus had finished instructing his 12 disciples, he went on from there to teach and preach in their cities. Now when John heard in prison about the deeds of the Christ, he sent word by his disciples and said to them, Are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? Pause there, just for a moment. Here's John the Baptist. You find him where? Prison, right? John the Baptist is in prison. He's been put in prison because he disobeyed the king. And he said something to them that he should not have that, that they thought he should not have said. He spoke the truth. He offended the king and his family. We'll get to that in a moment. But John the Baptist asked this question: Are you the one who is to come or shall we look for another? Do you think John the Baptist really didn't know that it was Jesus? The very baby inside the womb that recognized this was Jesus that leaped for joy in the womb of Elizabeth? is now asking, are you the one? It's not because he didn't know that this was Jesus. There's a reason why John the Baptist. That's that question we'll get to it in a moment. And Jesus answered them, go and tell John what you see, or what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, and the lame walk. Leopards are cleansed, and the deaf hear, and the dead are raised up, and the poor have good news preached to them. And blessed is the one who is not offended, by me. It's the great verse, one that we should all remember. And blessed is the one who is not offended by me. As they went away, Jesus began to speak to the crowds concerning John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaping by the wind? What then did you go out to see? A man dressed in soft clothing? Behold, those who wear soft clothing are in kings' houses. What then did you go to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before you. Truly I say to you, among the born of women, there has risen no one greater than John the Baptist. Yet the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. It's an amazing verse we're going to get and dissect this verse and dissect this understanding, but we have to, again, make sure that we completely grasp a hold of who the John, who John the Baptist was. John the Baptist is Jesus' second cousin, and he has spent his time with Jesus in pre, uh, what do they call it, pre-utero uh, or pre-utero in the womb, right? But uh, we read that John in scripture, he chose to live in the wild. You know what John the Baptist ate for dinner? No, locusts and honey. That's what he ate. He chose to eat locusts and honey. That was his diet. And the diet that he chose for. Well, why? Because locusts and honey are simple, they're easy to get, and they're impossible, bountiful in the, in the wilderness where he was at. John the Baptist, also we hear this idea when Jesus starts to talk about uh, his clothing, he says, uh, let me jump back there for a moment, Did you go into the wilderness to see someone who wears soft clothing. What, John, what Jesus is speaking about here is that soft clothing <coughs> was a, uh, a specialty that was given to kings and queens and those people that were of, of high stature, meaning that they would wear this velvet, they would wear this clothing that was very soft and very plush, uh, I should have brought, I knew I see I was wearing it for a reason. I should have brought it in, right? Uh, Sue brought this little uh, uh, overlay thing that's really soft and, and plushy and was on in the porch. In the She's given it away, by the way. So if you want it, you to get it, but uh, it was out there and I was pretending to be a Viking as I wore it around my uh shoulders. But am <laughs> not here. Just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but a man dressed in soft clothing was a king. John the Baptist was in the countryside wearing camel clothing. I don't know if you've ever gone up and cut a camel or touched a camel. They're not soft. They're very rough, they're very uncomfortable, but John the Baptist wore this clothing. Why? He wore clothing of a camel because he was simple. He wanted nothing to be in between him and the Lord. John the Baptist knew from a very early days that he was all about pointing his life towards Jesus. That's what his goal was. That was his purpose in life. His purpose in life was not going to be into what he ate or drank. It wasn't going to be in what he wore. It was all going to be about how his life pointed to Jesus Christ. He didn't care about his house. He didn't care about what he had or what he didn't have. He chose to live and eat bugs and honey in the countryside because he wanted to live a life that took nothing away from Jesus Christ. When we hear Jesus say that there's no one greater than John the Baptist, in one sentence, Jesus proclaims that the greatest is John the Baptist. This is very heavy, understanding <laughs> who Jesus knows, right? Just think about it. In all of history, in all of these things, Jesus, Jesus says that John the Baptist is the greatest. There's no one greater than John the Baptist, he says. Now this is blessed words. This is also the man... John the Baptist was also the man who baptized Jesus. If you remember the story of when Jesus comes down to the river, John the Baptist is the one there and he the people. Why is he doing all of this? He's doing all of this because he's proclaiming that Jesus is coming. We have to understand that Jesus calls John the Baptist the greatest because what he is doing is he's pointing his life, his whole entire life is pointing to Jesus Christ. There is nothing else in his life that is more important. Not his job, not the place where he lived, not his food, not his clothing, not his family. He did not care. Everything was pointing to Jesus. That's what made him the grace. That's what made him who he was. In fact, we find that Jesus, or John, was talked about in Malachi. In the Old Testament book of Malachi, if you read uh, the book of Malachi, you will find that it's (coughs) about someone who's coming to the wilderness to proclaim the Saviour. If you read Isaiah, we also find that someone in the wilderness will come and speak of the coming Savior. These are all from, uh, prophetic words given about not Jesus but John the Baptist, and all of it is about John the Baptist proclaiming that Jesus was coming. John the Baptist wasn't any different than you and I. I will pause there for a moment. Nothing in Scripture says that John the Baptist was a deity. Nothing in Scripture says that he was, other than the earthly relationship that Mary and uh, Elizabeth had, there was nothing special about him. He was a man like you and I, or a, a human like all of us, was three would say. He had no special skills. But he chose to do what he did. This is, this is an important thing that I want you to understand about John the Baptist that's going to relate to us. He chose to do this. John the Baptist had choices and what he wanted to do in his life. I am sure that Zechariah wanted John the Baptist to follow in his footsteps and be a Levite priest. That's what it was. When you had a son, your firstborn son usually followed you in your line of heritage and what you did as your work. That's why Jesus was a carpenter. Why was Jesus a carpenter? Because... When we find these things, what happens is we find that John the Baptist should have been a Levite priest. If he's following the history of what happened, John the Baptist should have been there. But he chose instead to not live a life that was going to gain him money, that was going to gain him notoriety, that was going to gain him all of these things. He chose to be the one who proclaimed that Jesus was coming. That Jesus was going to be here. That the Savior was going to come. What we find about John the Baptist that makes him so great is there's a couple things that we have to really dive into and understand. The very first one is that we find that John the Baptist was committed. We never find John questioning. From the time he was young to the time that he grew, he was dedicated to sharing Christ. Again, no job, no money, no houses, no Ladies know nothing, drew him away from his purpose. And one, his one and sole purpose was to share Jesus Christ. He was committed. John never wondered from the faith. We never find that John the Baptist asked questions about, Am I doing the right thing? Maybe he did question himself at, at points, but we never find that in Scripture. We find that he's 100% committed to the job that he, was, that he had been given. He was never persuaded to take a break or take a, some time away from his faith. You know, oftentimes we find people that says, I just need to take a break. Right? Listen, I, I, I get it. I mean, sometimes you need to take a break. for <coughs> That's what happens. You have a house full of sick kids, and then you become sick, and all of these things and you're running down, and you need to break. I get it. Right? I understand that. But what I don't understand oftentimes is when people just come in and say, listen, I, I don't know about my day. I just need to take a break from church for a while. Why? Wow. There are people that actually say this and, and go through this time, or sometimes it's not even just taking a break. Sometimes it's just like they miss church, they miss reading, they miss doing, what they, they miss being committed to God. And what happens is that eventually it becomes much easier not to follow God than it does to follow God. If you slip away from doing these things What's going to happen is that it's going to become easier not to follow God than it is to follow him. And so they fall away, they take a break, they take this vacation. John the Baptist never did that. We find in Scripture that all his life he followed and proclaimed the goodness of who Jesus Christ was. John the Baptist was committed to serving God, proclaiming the message of the coming Lord. He was not persuaded to follow any other message. You understand that when he's out in, he in the wilderness, he's making such a difference that people are coming out to see him. He didn't have to go into cities. He didn't care about planting a church in the middle of a city that had lots of population. by. He didn't care because his message was so clear that people were going to come to hear him, and he didn't have to go to them. And so he stayed in the wilderness, and people came out to see him. And by the way, it wasn't just people that didn't know the Lord. It was Pharisees and Sadducees came to see him. Now, when you say Pharisees and Sadducees, that's like religious folk coming out to see them. People that think they know better. I know how it should be, so I'm coming out. When to teach John the Baptist something, John the Baptist, you should not be wearing chemo clothes. You should be wearing a robe, and you should have your tapestry and all of these things on here. And he had an arguments with him. And what did John the Baptist call him? <laughs> <laughs> Reading scripture, around John the Baptist, he called them fools. He called them Her- 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 heretics. Uh, Let me try to use my English for that. Heretics. He called them all of these things. Why? Because they did not know who Jesus was. They followed their own religion, and John the Baptist was very truthful to these things. But he was committed to the message. He was so committed to the message that no one was going to draw him away from this. Today, we find ourselves as Christians oftentimes like being drawn away by the wind and the waves. And we often find people who start strong in their faith, but what happens is that they hear a message and then they're drawn away. I recently uh, got an email from a pastor in Taiwan, I believe it was, and I responded to it. I don't respond to spam hardly at all, but this one I had to because he was calling out people who lived by any other book of says all of the book of the Bible should be thrown out except for the book of Revelation. Question that and I sent him a nice long email. Well he sent back a nice long email to me explaining why he was right and why I was wrong. I looked up online this gentleman he has over three thousand As I started looking at this. There's many people that uh, have questions his concepts and what he's doing. And as I was looking at this, I was thinking to myself, how easy it is for people to be persuaded from the true message of Christ, the true message of Scripture. John the Baptist was never persuaded to fall away from his faith, regardless of what he faced, regardless of what he went on, and was coming to and had to live. John wore camel clothing, as we said before, a simple dress. He ate locusts and honey, and he was not persuaded by anyone. He was committed not just in words, but in actions as well. Let me ask you a question today. Are you living your life in words or actions? Are you living your life, are you living your faith out in this world today not just in words, but in actual action? Can someone look at your life and say, I know you're a Christian by the actions you choose? See, the heretic, the, heretic said, the heretics that John the Baptist was talking about lived their life in their words and not their actions. Their actions were way different than what their words were saying, and so now John the Baptist is calling them out. What I'm asking you to do is to listen to yourself and say, are your actions proving what your words are? Does your faith come out in your actions, or does your faith only come out in your words? There's a big difference between the two. Listen, I'm not asking you to come to church in camel clothing, please do not. <laughs> what I'm asking you to do, though, is come to church dedicated like John the Baptist says, to the message that we have been given. Matthew chapter 14, verse 10 says that he sent and had John beheaded in the prison. We find before this, I'm going to explain this just a little bit, before this time frame, what happened is John the Baptist had spoken to King Herod, and he had spoken to uh, a... King Herod was entering into a relationship that he should not have been. Yeah. His who? His... Yeah, Philip's right. He entered into a relationship with a wife that he should not have entered into a relationship with. And John the Baptist being dedicated to the message, being dedicated to who he was and what he said, went to the king and made it known to them that he should not be marrying that person. He should not be in relationship with her because it is sinful. John the Baptist was not worried about consequences. John the Baptist was not worried about anything else other than the truth. He was not worried about offending someone with the truth of God. You understand this? Today, we often find in our world people who don't say the things that they need to say about the Word of God because they're afraid they're going to offend someone. What I'm saying here is that John the Baptist was not afraid to offend someone. He didn't care. Now, he paid a price for that because what we find here in Matthew chapter 14, 10, we find that he was beheaded. Why was he beheaded? Because he spoke the truth. He was beheaded because Wife wanted his head because he wanted, she didn't want to hear him talking sinful nature about how she was, or he didn't, she didn't want to hear how sinful she was. And so we find indeed being defended. If that doesn't show us how dedicated John the Baptist was. Something about it. You knew, listen, you knew if you want the King Herod, this is, this is obviously the same king. Listen, King Herod was not afraid of killing any king during this time of time. There's history of how many people was killed over and over, and over again just by the very nature of this, of who he was. Any king at that time could take someone's life just for saying the wrong words. Was their right? They're a king. So when, king, when John the Baptist Confronts not only his girlfriend or his mistress. mistress, and confronts King Herod at the same time. you think he did not know that there was going to be a Christ. John the Baptist was dedicated even to giving his life. He was so dedicated that he didn't care about what his words were saying. He didn't care about offending. He didn't care about those things. He spoke out of truth and grace. And if it offended someone, so be it, because he was following the Lord Jesus Christ. How many times have we bit our tongue? Because we're afraid we're going to make someone mad. How many times have we not said something that we should have said? Now listen, I'm not giving. This isn't but I'm not telling you to go out, carte blanche, and just go say whatever you want to someone. Going, Chaz, you're ugly, right? I'm not gonna say he's not, but I can't. I have to go and say that carte blanche to him, right? That doesn't give us a right. We have no right to do that. Now, if he's sitting, I can come to him and I have the right as a pastor, but more so as a friend, to sit down with my brother and if I doing it, I'll reverse it. So you're not. You know, I'll be. The, I'll be the one. If I'm sinning, he has the right to come and sit down next to me and call out the sin that's in my life. All of you. But the truth of the matter is is that we don't do that just because we we just like to stir the pot and make trouble. No, we do this because that's the truth. I'd rather offend someone out of love than have them die and go to hell because John the Baptist knew that, and that's what John the Baptist did. In love and action, he went to that person and he shared with that person what they did wrong and why they did it wrong. But he did it in love and truth and grace. John was so dedicated to the message that he didn't care about offending; he only cared about what the truth of God would have to say. We must learn in this day and age to be just like John the Baptist. You look around you in this day; there are many people getting offended about little things. There are many people that are offended about our actions, our words, the things that we say. Does that mean that we stop sharing the message of God? No, that means that we have to even be louder in our message. Will it cause us to pay a price? Maybe. John the Baptist had to pay a price. I can't guarantee you that if you speak to the wrong right person and you say the truth of love and grace, it's not going to be a penalty to pay. But that's okay. That's what our, our faith is worth at. The world around us has a message today and it's very loud. That message is being spoken very loud around us. What we need to do is we need to have the message of God be as loud. Where are the Christians who are not afraid to be offending people who will stand up and say, This is the way the Word of God says it to be? You may not like it. You may not even agree with it, and that's okay. Listen, just because you don't follow God's If I stopped loving people because they didn't follow God, guess what I would be the very first one to not love myself. We're all sinners. We all mess up. We all fall short of the glory of God is what Scripture tells us. But that doesn't stop us from sharing the truth of what's going on. See, I know this isn't an easy message, but there's a price (laughs) to pay for our faith. We either love the world and stay safe, Or pay the price and speak the truth. I don't know about you, but I have intended to not say something from time to time. But reading through John the Baptist has just encouraged me to have the strength to stand on my own two feet. Stand on the truth of what the grace of God says and speak what he has to say in Scripture. What that causes, though, is for you to understand what Scripture says. must learn to know scripture before we can share it with others. Matthew chapter 11, verse 11 says, Truly, truly, I say to you among those born of women there has arisen no one greater than John the Baptist, period. Jesus stops at this moment. Yet, the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than you. Now wait a minute, Jesus, what are you saying? You just told me that John the Baptist is the greatest. That no one who has come from a woman, by the way, did Jesus come from a female? He did. Truly, I say to you, among these born women, there has arisen no one greater than John the Baptist. Was this Jesus' way of saying that John the Baptist is even greater than? I would say that Jesus is giving credit to John the Baptist for being an amazing person, for being greater than anyone else. But then he says a statement that has a can puzzle some people. Yet the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. John the Baptist, the very one who questioned Jesus and said, is this really Jesus? By the way, he wasn't questioning Jesus to say, John the Baptist knew who Jesus was. The reason why John the Baptist questioned this and had his disciples go out is because he wanted his disciples to learn and see who Jesus was. John the Baptist is in prison. He's not speaking the message as much as he was because he's behind the bars. And so by telling his disciples to go out and ask Jesus, is this really the one? What he's doing is he's asking his disciples to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that this is the Savior. This is the one I have been speaking about. This is the one. And not only is this the one, but he's saying this and he's having his disciples hear about the works of Jesus that confirm scripture. The very things that Jesus said that he did are all scriptural based They're prophetically spoken about. This was an answer to prophetic prayer that had happened in Isaiah
1: and Malachi and other places in scripture before. And so when Jesus
0: answers to John the disciples, or John the Baptist's disciples, what he's saying to them is that this is exactly what was spoken. This is what has happened. The death of the the blind can see people are coming to the salvation message. Yet the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than me. Who is the least in the kingdom of heaven? All of us. Every one of you in this room can consider, you can call yourself one of the least in the kingdom of heaven. (laughs) Now, that's not to say that you're bad people. I'm not trying to say, oh, come on, you guys are terrible, you're the least in the of heaven, that no, we all are. We are all, if you come here and you know Jesus Christ, if you have given your life to Jesus Christ and you have accepted what he did on the cross for you, and you've accepted the salvation message that he has for you, and he's inside, and he's with you, and he walks with you, then you are in the kingdom of heaven. Now, are you the least? I don't know. But Jesus tells me the first shall be last and the last shall be first, so I'm okay with being last and That means I'll be first at the buffet table, right? Yet Jesus says this, and we have to deal with this. John the Baptist was just called the greatest, but yet then Jesus pauses right after that and says, But the least in heaven is greater than me. Have you ever thought about that? Does that mean that you're greater than John the Baptist? Does that mean what you are doing today is greater than what John the Baptist has done? Some of us can stand up here and say, I might, from just an inkling, just a little bit, just a pinch, be able to do what John the Baptist said. Don't ask me to eat locusts, because I can't do it. Honey, I'm okay with it. Locusts, no thank you. Ask me to wear camel clothing, uh, give me a couple hours, probably I could do that, but after that I want it off because it's itchy and it's scratchy and it's not fun. What Jesus is saying here in this message is that we can be greater than John the Baptist if we are committed to the message of Jesus Christ. You know that today, this very message that I'm preaching right now is being recorded. It will be on Facebook. On average, when we put our messages on Facebook, somewhere between uh, 75 to 150, sometimes a little bit more, than 200 people watch. Know half of them, right? you no know three-quarters of them. And it fluctuates from sermon to sermon and time to time. But there's a message there that's given out, and people hear that message. You know that when I post something on Facebook, I have over and, and I'm not bragging you, I don't care about Facebook and friends, but there's over a thousand people that I have Facebook friends on Facebook. I'm not saying Facebook or Twitter, but I don't care. Because Facebook doesn't mean anything anymore. Now it's the brand, right? You've got to be on Instagram and TikTok I don't care about being social. I don't care about being viral. If I, if I go viral, great. Fantastic. Whatever. But the truth of the matter is, all of these things, how many times did John the Baptist, how many people could John the Baptist speak to him today? On average, you could probably speak to uh, if he spoke to one in every hour and shared the message of Christ, that's 24 hours if he stayed up all day speaking the message he could speak to 24 people. You know, I know every, every person I know that's on Facebook has a and so, if you post something on Facebook, it's going out to more than 24 people. Does that mean that we're greater than John the Baptist? No. Does that mean that our greater opportunity than John the Baptist? Absolutely. You know today that we have the impact, we have the opportunity to impact a greater amount of people than ever before, than ever been impacted by the message of Jesus Christ. Before, there used to be this uh, idea that our life was the message, and that is true. You can't live a different life on social media than what you live in real life and expect your message or your life to share with people. But the idea here is that any person in this room, whether you're on social media or you're not, you have a chance to impact thousands of people in your life today. More so than what John the Baptist or anyone else that lived during Jesus' time did. We have the opportunity to impact even more people than what Jesus was able to speak to. Do you understand? And so when Jesus says the least of that in the kingdom of God, he's not saying that we are greater than John the Baptist, he's saying our opportunity is greater than John the Baptist. Because let's be frank for a moment. There's not too many Christians who are dedicated to the message of Jesus Christ like John the Baptist was. I don't see many of us choosing to live out in the wild. Yes, we choose to live out in Fort County, which is pretty close to the wilderness, right? But <laughs> <laughs> let's, let, wait, what? Yeah, (laughs) but the idea here is that we have to be dedicated. We need people who are willing to be dedicated, like John the Baptist. You know, I took time this week just to reflect on the opportunities I have to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, the funny, the this is a really interesting thing, but the opportunity for me to share the gospel of Jesus Christ has significantly reduced from when I was in the business world. When I went to the business world, I had more opportunities to share the gospel of Jesus Christ than I do today as a pastor. That seems so backwards, but it's the truth. Every single one of you, uh, that I, I one of the very first things I say to people, you can ask Corey, because Corey and I've had this conversation, when someone comes and says, I want to become a pastor, I want to become, I said, Are you sure? Because understand that when you are in your place of employment today, when you're on your job, when you're working in your, wherever it is, whether you're a uh, 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 uh I was trying to make something funny, Christy. An enforcer at the school at the high school level, right? Or you work at good here and you repair machines. Either way, you're interacting with yourself with people every single day. A numerous amount of people. Your life will speak volumes to what's going on. Whether it doesn't matter what you do and what you say, just your very life and the way you respond to situations. If you get angry and you respond negatively, they're gonna watch you and do that. If, they respond, if you respond calmly and relaxed and you share the message of Christ, they're going to watch you do that as well. Anywhere you're at today, you have an opportunity to share the message of Jesus Christ. And people are watching today. John the Baptist was no different. He, but he shared his life. He was dedicated to that message of Jesus Christ. Are we dedicated to that message of Jesus Christ? Can someone on your job know that you're a follower of Jesus Christ? Can someone on your social media account know that you're a follower of Jesus Christ? Can someone know just by the way that you live your life that you are of Jesus Christ? Or are you persuading people to not follow Christ by the way of your life and the way you live your life? We are called to live our life in the way that Jesus Christ calls us to live our lives. In some small way, this verse now makes sense to me knowing that I have the opportunity to share with a greater amount of people than John the Baptist. Every believer, no matter of what rank in the church pecking order, knows more than John knew. You know that today? Today, you know more than John the Baptist ever knew. seems weird, but it's the truth. If you open up your scripture today, and you read anything that's in the scripture today, you know more than John the Baptist knew. You have experienced things that John the Baptist would never, and read about things that John the Baptist never got to experience. You know, John the Baptist was beheaded before Jesus even died on the cross. We know that, of course. Hopefully, you know that. That means John the Baptist didn't know that Jesus resurrected. Well, he knows now because he's in heaven. But he didn't know that Jesus was resurrected. He didn't know, he didn't get to experience the Holy Spirit. He didn't experience all of the things that we experience and get to read about. So every single one of you has no excuse to live your life like John the Baptist lived because we have it right here in this book, in this scripture. We know more. You can't come to me as a Christian and say to me as, a, as your pastor, I didn't know I was allowed to do that. I'll pick this up and go. Liar going. (laughs) (laughs) Today our opportunity is huge. But we have a lot of Christians who are set on the side, who have chose not to offend, who have chose not to do the things that Jesus calls us to do. That He's called us to be like John the Baptist, to proclaim the goodness of who Jesus Christ is, the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, that He's coming. You know that He's coming again. You know it is our job as Christians to not fall asleep, to not fall asleep at the wheel and say, I didn't know that it's gonna No, you know it's happening. He's coming. It's our job as Christians to do this. I'm going to ask you to stand and worship. You to come forward. Our job as Christians in this very day is to be like John the Baptist, to proclaim the goodness of who Jesus Christ is. To not be afraid to walk into the wilderness. To not be afraid to offend. Let's be Christians who are strong in our faith and not weak. Let's be men and ladies who will stand up for the message of Jesus Christ and say, "I want to share because what He has done." John the Baptist was called the greatest because he was not afraid to speak the truth. He spoke all about Jesus Christ. His whole life pointed to Christ. Does your life point to Christ or does it point to something else? Listen. As a pastor, Dr. Jasmine. Okay? I don't offend you on a Sunday. I haven't done my job right. Amen. I haven't told you something that you don't like or something that hit you home and I'm like, oh, but I haven't done my job right. I don't look and say, how many people did I make happy? Just, I don't care if you're happy with Listen, I want you to be happy because we have the joy of the Lord with us. The joy of the Lord causes us to be joyful no matter what. My hope and my prayer every Sunday is that some message. Something that I said in the message that I preached has struck home and struck this chord in your heart. And somehow that conviction of the Holy Spirit has fallen upon you and has caused you to be stirred somehow in some way. And then my prayer from that point is that somehow that stirring continues, not just on today, but it continues throughout the week and that it causes you to reflect on what was said. It causes you to reflect on your life, for you to ask that question, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Because guess what we're not. If all of us in this room are John the Baptist, and we're doing what he was said, what he did, this church, this community, this world will look way different than what it does today. But instead, what we find is we find Christians who don't want to offend We find Christians who are afraid to speak the truth. We find Christians who don't know enough about the truth to even speak the truth. God has called you and I to be today's version of (coughs) John. To proclaim in the wilderness, to proclaim in the world around us that Jesus is coming. That our Savior is here. I love the idea that this message falls just a few weeks before we jump into the Advent season. Why? Because there's no one, there's not a greater time than to share that Jesus is here and coming than Christmas season. Something about this season that people just naturally gravitate towards who Jesus is. And so today, I want to ask you, some of you in this very room, to come and ask for forgiveness. Asking for forgiveness for not speaking the truth. Asking for forgiveness for not offending. Asking for forgiveness for holding back when you should have spoken out the truth. Asking for forgiveness because you haven't gone out the job that God has helped you to do. So what I want to do is I going to pray and ask the Lord to bless us and to forgive us. But then I want to ask you that you also spend this time receiving what the Lord has for you. see, the Lord did not send out John the Baptist alone. John Baptist was empowered by the relationship that he had with Jesus all the way from the time that he was in the world until the time that he gave his life. And he was so let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for all that you've done, but we come to you before, Father, sinful people. We stand before you, Lord, saying, we have gone back. We have not wanted to offend people. We have not wanted to share the message of Christ because we are afraid to make someone mad or, or speak something that's different. But the truth of the matter is that your truth is all that matters. And that you call us to speak the truth. And so, Lord, forgive us for not doing it. And maybe it's not even like that we're just on a fence, but maybe we're just lazy. And we'd rather sit at home watching TV or doing whatever we do because it's easier than going out and sharing the message of Christ to those around us. So,
1: Father, forgive us. Forgive us
0: for not displaying the goodness of who you are to those around us. We're not sharing the gospel message with all of those that you give to us in our spheres our spirits of influence. Father. So Lord, we come before you today. We ask that you empower us. John the Baptist was empowered in the womb of Elizabeth because he was with you. Just think of the empowerment that you give to us through the Holy Spirit. Father, So, I pray right now, Holy Spirit, come upon us. Empower us to do the job that you have called us to be, that somehow, some way, in some small shape or form, we can be like John the Baptist, who proclaims like nothing but the goodness of who Jesus Christ is and that he's come. Father, today perhaps we're here watching online or in this room, there's some that have never given their life to Christ before. You're here today, with every eye closed, every head bowed. I'm not going to call you out, I'm not going to embarrass you. What I want to ask you to do though is just simply you need Jesus Christ, raise right your hand today. If you've never accepted with him as your savior, just go ahead and ask you today to be that savior that he has died on the cross for. Thank you, Lord. Yes. We thank you, Father, for who you are. Raise your hand either here in this room or at home. And it's just simply a saying, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. I'll be my King. And my Savior. If you're here today, you've already given your life to Christ, but you need an extra oomph of, of, of strength to get you off of that ledge, to get you off of that couch, to get you off of that fence. To speak the truth like John the Baptist spoke, church is all about encouraging us and lifting us up to get us prepared to face what we face this week. To celebrate the goodness of who Jesus Christ is, and today in this room, what I want to ask you to do is if you just need that extra, you need that little bit, the Holy Spirit power that only comes by hand. Just raise your hand. As we see those. Jesus, we ask you, Holy Spirit, we pray right now in this grace and in this room that you just come and that you empower those that are seeking that empowerment from you. Holy Spirit, we ask that you just rest upon those that are seeking to empower their words, give them boldness to speak the truth. Help them to go forth from this place in your strength to be like John the Baptist. Father, I pray that that that's our desire for all of us. Like you, like John the Baptist, who proclaimed your goodness, Father. Help us today in the ways that we need. Let only you know, Father. Bless those, Father, who are asking for that today. Lord, we thank you for all that you've done. May we be your bullhorns, may we be your loud speakers. Those grounds. Glory, honor, and praise you, you deserve that so much
1: more. You mm-hmm. okay. Lord, I, I confess, I'll be. Real. you I call my Father You're the Lord he guides my heart oh, I need you oh I need you every day.
0: You are our own defense. You are our only defense. You are our righteousness. Father, forgive us for not living in that way. Forgive us for not walking in the shoes and the light of who John the Baptist talked about. Forgive us for not proclaiming the goodness of who you are like you he did. Help us today, Father, as we leave this place, as we go out into the world around us to speak the truth that proclaims the goodness and the love of Jesus Christ. Lord, help us today to be more like John the Baptist. To share the love that you have for us and others. To proclaim that goodness above all else. To not be persuaded by the things of this world, the messages that this world gives to us. Help us to stay true that you have given to us and help us live the life that you call us to live. Father, we thank you for this most amazing opportunity and the blessing that you give to us to do this, not only this day, but every day. You empower us by the power of your Holy Spirit to walk in the life that you have given to us and share the gospel truth with those around us. We give you glory, we give you honor. so you all have a wonderful week and we hope
1: to see you next week